This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. Every time I hear this, I think of the, the Departed. I saw these guys in Such concert. Such a great film. This, Did uh, you see the Dropkick Murphys? I, yeah, I saw them. They came right at the Burt. Come on. Yeah. Or is it a good show? It was a great show. How could it not be? They were with the Mahones. You know who the Mahones are? They're like this Irish, the Irish punk band from Kingston. My dad always played them. Yeah. Um, and they opened up for them. And oh, then, I'm half Irish. Yeah. The, t- the top half. The top half, yeah. Um, but I would love to see the dropkick. I love this song. When I, when I, because I knew about it before, a Dennis Leary in his Rescue Me show always played this. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, it, it, so I was well aware of the song. I loved it for you. And then The Departed came out, and I was like, oh, this is perfect for this. Um, they, this album that this song was on, I forget what it was called. Like The Warrior's Code. The Warrior's Code, yes. Here we go. Oh, and thanks a lot, Kyle. Now I, we got... I've seen I, them twice, Cam. So oh, yes. Yes. oh, geez, you got Kyle me. Milroy. I listened to this, The Warrior's Code, Captain Kelly's Kitchen, and all that good stuff. I listened to this album probably 150 times. Loved it. Loved this album. Great, great stuff. Thanks for playing that one, Kyle. And well why done, would Kyle. we be playing... Why would Kyle Milroy be playing this song, Jim? David Krejci, and now joining Patrice Bergeron in retirement. The Boston Bruins uh, losing 1-2... One three, two three, um, two top uh, three centers uh, on their team. Guys that got pedigree. Guys that are, are veterans that eat up minutes on uh, you know at the dot. Um, combined uh, twenty five hundred and fifty nine minutes of ice time. Uh, they both played um, last season, uh, leaving the Boston Bruins now with Krejci's retirement and Patrice Bergeron's retirement. Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle, uh, their two remaining centers. Not awful. Very, very good centers. Uh, but certainly a step back missing those two, and it leads to the question, Jim. Are the Boston Bruins in desperate need of another person down the middle? And do the Winnipeg Jets, with Mark Shifley and all the hobble everything that's been thrown around over the last little bit, is there a fit there for the Winnipeg Jets and the Boston Bruins to make a trade? Well, I think there's a fit there for sure. It's just a matter of what it is and what the Jets might be looking at. So what I always say on this program, what I always try to do is what potential trade would make the Jets better than they are? Mm-hmm. Now, this is slanted this year because is Shifley leaving? Is Hellebuck leaving? Whether it makes you better or not, you have to get something for those assets. So can you get right. equal value? Can you get, you know, go in a different direction? Maybe not better this season, but in the next two to three seasons be better. 
Um, Are you going to fill a hole in another spot in the roster yeah, or something like, like if that? Yeah, like you can. And what what's the depth with Boston right now to acquire a center? It's on D and it's in goal. Yeah. And and maybe the other way around, one, two, goal, and then on D yeah. of what they might want to do. Um, but their defense is where they, you know, have some cap issues. They got Charlie McAvoy at nine and a half. They got Hampus Lindholm at six and a half. I don't think either one of those guys are available, but Brandon Carlo, who's 26, makes 4.1. Matt Grizzlick is uh, 29. He makes three and is going to be a UFA next year. Mm-hmm. I can understand Boston wanting to um, unload any of the D-men that are going to be UFAs or RFAs next year. But if you get Brandon Carlo out of there, does that make you better? As a, as a, uh, and then you have to move some of your own defensemen, or maybe send one back. Um, but to me, it's about goaltending, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason I think that they'd be very interested in Hampus Lindholm is he's a much better two-way player for the Calgary Flames, and that's what Boston likes and needs. I mean, they're giving up arguably the best two-way player to ever Elias, play the game. Elias Lindholm. Yeah, sorry, as yeah. Elias Lindholm. Um, but they're giving up. They just lost the best two-way. Center in the history of the game, in my opinion, yeah. Pat, Patrice Bergeron. So, um, Shifley doesn't bring that defensive prowess to his game. But again, you're looking for a guy to play with Brad Marchand and David Pasternak, or one of those two, and mm-hmm. also be with them on the power play. Enter either one of those centers. But Calgary doesn't need goaltending. Yeah. And Calgary's got Noah Hannafin they might have to unload. Would they do that in a trade? And I, I don't know. But for me, there's a fit here with the Winnipeg Jets. And it's as simple as Linus Allmark or Jeremy Swayman. Now, we had Joe Haggerty on a couple weeks ago when you were on vacation mm-hmm. when Patrice Bergeron retired. And, and he sort of um, got the ball rolling on the idea that why would the Bruins trade a 24-year-old goalie that just through arbitration is going to make 3.4? What team wouldn't want, a contending team this year, wouldn't want the reigning Vesna Trophy winner for the next two seasons at $5 million? Yeah. And I kind of lean that way. If you could get Swayman out of there, I think that's a win for the Jets, especially with the looming Hellebuck situation. Yes. However, the, this is the parameters that I think that went. Remember the the um, locker cleanout day mm-hmm. and what a gong show that was. And what was lost in the gong show of them complaining about Rick Bonus and Rick Bonus coming out when he wasn't scheduled to speak, and then Kevin Cheveldayoff saying absolutely nothing the next day of any importance or information that might tip the hat is I said this at the time. He can't say anything because he's got Wheeler, Shifley, Hellebuck um, to deal with. And mm-hmm. the minute the minute he says, well, we're probably likely going to move on from some core pieces, that's when Hellebuck wants out. Yeah. The minute you say, um, you know, we're not trading anybody, we're running it back again, that's when somebody else wants out. Mm-hmm. So, like his hand, I, and I get it. Kevin Sheveldayoff rarely gives you any insight, but to me, at the time, this is what they're dealing with now as well. If you pull off a trade for Shifley and bring in a goalie here, what do you think happens with Hellebuck? So you got to be mindful of that, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if in the past week or two, and I'm not saying it's happened. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it has. But I believe that eventually they will make a run back at Hellebuck and go look. Even New Jersey can't afford your 6.2 this year or whoever you're looking at going to. Would you consider a two-year extension where you make six whatever this year and maybe make seven and a half over the next two? And in three years, when you're 31 years old, you'll be a UFA and you held $20 million in your pocket. Mm -hmm. But this is all the kind of stuff you have to worry about. Like if you pull off a trade for Swayman or Allmark, Connor Hellbuck might very easily say, get me out of here now. 
Mm-hmm. And there's not a deal out there now, or he would have been. So it's all these parameters around it, Cam, but I and think there's much, a fit there yeah. for Mark Shifley. I think Mark Shifley would welcome playing with David Pasternak and Brad Marchand. I, I, I think there's a fit for Mark Shifley in Boston. I think it if makes he's sense. If I'm he's going to be dealt, I think it be. makes sense. I'm just saying if he's going to be. I don't think Boston has what the Winnipeg Jets, it, it would it would have to be Swayman. I I, I think, and, and Brandon Carlo involved in there too as well. There's there's cap issues. I mean, you'd you'd be uh you'd be having to to ship some stuff out um and ship some stuff back in. I mean, right now in a situation, Boston's got about four hundred thousand dollars in projected cap space. They don't have any room, so it would have to be a dollars for dollar trade. Also, um, Boston's been chasing a cup for a number of years here. Their cupboards are fairly bare when it comes to prospects. They don't even have a pick until the fourth round this upcoming draft um, in 2024. So, And the Winnipeg Jets aren't looking for pro- uh, prospects unless they're guys that they have control that are starting to knock on the door in the National Hockey League. And they're not really interested in in, in picks. I'm sure you could throw a first-round pick and they're not going to say no there. But... I think you would need to get a center back because that Connor Hellebuck, when that, that trade becomes even more important and you are zeroed in on getting a, uh, a one B or a, or a two a center to fill that role. When it comes to Connor Hellebuck, you would need to get that. See, because Charlie Coyle or Pavel Zaka, the Boston Bruins are not going to be looking to get to move those other two guys. I mean, why would they, do a lateral move when they need to upgrade their, uh, their, their spots at center. Right. So I, I don't see Charlie Coyle, Pavro Zaka. I mean, they're going to want to hold on to those guys. Both have 10 team, no trade clause. I, I know that doesn't always, doesn't always matter, but in this case, I think it would, um, you, you, you're going to need, you're going to need a center coming back for, for Shifley, uh, or you're going to get that right D spot, or you're going to make a change and, and, and get a, a goaltender that you have, you have control over. Um, but it's, it's just, there's, there's lack of, of real pieces. I don't think Boston can, I, I know that the Winnipeg Jets and Kevin Chivaldayoff and the organization has a tall ask for Connor Hellebuck and for Mark Shifley. They know what these guys are worth. And I think that when we look at what, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was acquired for from Los Angeles, I understand that those two, uh, that, that Hellebuck and Shifley would be worth less than what uh, what Pierre Luc Dubois was worth, but at the same time, I think that the I think the the, the Winnipeg Jets know what they're worth, and they're going to get what they're worth. I don't know if Boston has that. I don't, I don't think that they can. If they want to be a competitive team next year, I don't think they have the assets to offer the Winnipeg Jets. Where the Winnipeg Jets would okay, we're going to make that trade. I, I just don't think. And so here's the other question around all of this. Yeah, is we got a minute. Look, here, Bo- Boston has consistently tried to win, as you said, chasing a cup since mm-hmm. they won the one in 2011. And they've done a pretty good job of staying relevant and trying to. Yep. What's their they've got, they've what is their close? Fo- they got close. They what lost is their the philosophy final. now? Win now. Like, we have no. We have no picks. Um, are, I don't think they are win now. You can't lose two centers and go. Now, and my tell point to, to Cam, that, tell it to Cam Neely. Well, no, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the philosophy is with Cam Neely, Don Sweeney. That are they going? We're just going to reload it. Or I are they going, now's is, the time with the loss of these legends. Yeah. I mean, Brad Marchand is there and, and David Pasternak, and they're two players that are going to go reload this Charlie McAvoy. This thing. No, the, like that's, these guys are gunning for it. They're going to try to get a center. So then you have to go get a center. Well, the, yeah, but you're going to have to trade something and they have no assets. And they have no assets. So, so then they're going to have to. Here you sit. 
well, and I think they have a good chance of keeping Linus Allmark, but Jeremy Swayman is worth more than Linus Allmark is, despite the Vesna. Anyways, so I, that's, here's my, the point. that's my view on that. Without a pending contract after this year, I think if you sent Shifley there, you'd have to send a, a top two pick, two yeah. rounds, and get Swayman. Yeah, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. So you're saying the Winnipeg Jets might have to offer more. They might be the one, like, Swayman, you know, Mark Shifley might be part of a deal that brings Swayman back here. But that's the center point. The Jets are the ones it that are— It changes if Shifley goes, yeah, I'll sign a six-year extension at 8 mil. But why would he do that? That's my—that's why no business is happening right now because— all these things are on paper, and then somebody says, why would I? Why wouldn't I? Why would I do? What? Ask William Nylander. Like, there's all this work that needs to be done. There's all these potential moves that could be out there, and every potential move has six or seven varying a- a- avenues to it that, say it's Swayman and Carlo for Shifley and two picks, and then Shifley goes, and I'm not signing an extension. Yeah, well, then it's completely different. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. What do you guys think? We'll talk. We'll use this conversation around Swayman. In the next half, we'll talk best netminder in the National Hockey League. Who really is the elite of the elite? And uh, an update on Zach Kalaros as well. I'm going to ask Jim his thoughts on James Harden. We'll be right oh, in China. Don't. In China. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Well, the 76ers ended trade talks involving James Harden. Uh, Harden ripping Sixers president uh, Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is a liar. I'll never be part of an organization that he's a part of. Harden said during an Adidas media event in China. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar and I'll never be part of an organization that he's a part of. Uh, They plan to bring Harden back to training camp. He wanted to be traded. Asking price too steep, and he wanted to go to the Clippers, and they couldn't make a deal, Jim. I'm so angry as a Sixers fan. Yeah. So he wanted a max NBA contract deal at 36 years old. Can you do this in 15 seconds? And even if Morey promised him that, I don't think Harden made a verbal or paper promise of not being 60 pounds overweight when he arrived in Philly. And taking seven shots in a playoff game because <laughs> apparently they brought you in to not shoot or score. What is with the, we did this already with Skyler. The, the NBA culture is beyond me, beyond me. And you know what the saddest part is, is if he wants to go to the Clippers, he'll end up there. He'll Without get his way. Kyle, help me out here. Who's the best net miner than HL? We'll talk about that after this. Kyle. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Let's send it over to a little Monday edition of Jets at noon. Little Monday. Thank you very much. How was your weekend, Skylar? It was uh, was good, boys. I know you had a a wedding on Sunday. Yes, uh, our colleague Ross Levitan. Sunday wedding. Was able to, uh, well, he's Jewish. Was able to lock you can't get married on, with uh, with on, Rachel Goldberg and congrats to the happy couple. Congratulations! You can't get married on a on Shabbos. Are you out of your mind? That's a Shonda. So does every Jewish person person get married on Sunday? Not or everybody. Friday? Not everybody does, but I it is it, was cust- it is customary to get married on on Sunday. You got, did you get married on Sunday? I did. Yes. Okay. There. I got married yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah. 
That was my uh, my second you were Jewish invited. wedding of you, the year. You were invited, but you didn't even show up. That's not true. I was not invited. <laughs> I wasn't even going to mention that. So I wasn't invited to either. You got invited to Ross's? I did, yeah. Well, I'll, when he's filling in, I'll, I'll never be a guest on his show again. We yeah. needed some, uh, some Ross, CJOB representation or folks wouldn't believe he was employed. Probably, Ross, so. lose my number. <laughs> yeah, he's, I don't say. think he's listening right now. <laughs> no, he's no, not. He's another reason. I, if he's listening, he, there's trouble already. Another, there's trouble. another reason why I'll never do a show again. <laughs> Thanks, Kyler. Honey, uh, before we go down to the beach, um, can I tune in Jets at noon? How do you think that'd go over on day one of the honeymoon? <laughs> that's that's not not doesn't work. Honey, I delayed the flights because I want to hear Jets at noon yeah, today before miss, we get on the plane. I can't to miss Jets at noon. Greece or wherever they're going. I yeah. can't I can't miss Jets I at noon. I can't miss Honey, Jets at noon. I can't miss Jets at noon. No. <laughs> what, are you crazy? Just look at her. Like, what? I can't miss Jets at noon. Come on. Yeah. Uh, 204 780 probably said there's no way you should even ask if you had to miss it. Yeah. Like, come on. This like, is what I do. Honeymoon phase. Do, yeah, you listen 12, to your 10, radio. 1256, man. Yes. That's Jets at noon Let time. Let me get you some lunch while you listen. 204 780 David Krejci uh, uh, retiring. Uh, joining Patrice Bergeron, uh, the Boston Bruins losing two big centers. What are they going to do? Uh, text the show, 204-780-6868. This texter says, can you send Helly and Shifley for both and do something else to work uh, else to work out uh, for Boston, For I'm, I'm assuming for Swayman and, and for Carlo, uh, as per our, our discussion? It, the problem is you need a center. The reason why that the Winnipeg Jets, I think, are just still trying to make things work with Shifley or figure something out, maybe a year, two-year deal or something to kind of kick this can down the road a little bit is because they 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 want to win. They're still in a – they're in looking to win this season, make the playoffs and see what happens, and they need a number one center. And that's well, what it comes the down Jets, to. The Jets need one too. Yeah. They do, yeah. So if you trade – like that's where I'm thinking Hellebuck comes into play Yeah, is go get us a, a center. It, it, they would all those, – those trades would almost have to happen in tandem too, Jim. They would. They'd have well, to yeah, have, that's or, what yeah. I mean. Like, if you bring Linus Allmark or Swayman to town, I mean, the writing's on the wall, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you have probably a short window where, and I, I don't know. How does, I that, think how does that Hellebuck affect? would come in and play? And like, yeah. Hellebuck hasn't said he doesn't want to play here. He just said he's not interested in re signing here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's more than, from what we understand from the insiders, he's more than happy to play this year, but that doesn't help the. But look, they got Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka. The last thing they're going to do if they're acquiring. Shifley is send one of those guys out, right? It would, like, make, it would make no sense. To me, that's like that's why there's no fit in Montreal. We're not giving up Suzuki or Doc because we want the depth of Dubois, Suzuki, and Doc. Yeah. We don't want to bring in one center and weaken the depth of our centers. Mm-hmm. But th- eventually with all these moves, if they're to take place, and we don't know that they're going to, but if they are to take place, the Jets need a number one center too. Yeah. That's that's why I and of I just, the two assets, Shifley or Hellebuck, what's going to get you a number one center is Connor Hellebuck. But what team is acquiring Connor Hellebuck on a one year deal that's going to give you a number one or two center? Yeah, just I I don't think Boston has the assets. I just don't. I don't think they have what the what the Winnipeg Jets need on their team. That's why I just think I, I I'm not so saying it won't this? happen, but I I just I think it's unlikely because Boston would have to do something that to me makes would make no sense. They'd have to offer up Charlie Coyle and a right shot defenseman or something like that. Well, again, I, I think the Jets going forward are going to have to do the whole, we don't have a number one center, but we have two yeah. second, third line centers. 
Yeah. And you do the Vegas sort of thing where it's, these are our lines. And and can we put out an interesting piece? Is Charlie of Coyle and Pavel Zach, are they number one defensemen? Or are they or centers? You mean? Centers, yeah. Are they, are I don't, they 2A, 2B? I don't 2B? think so. I don't think so. Pavel Zach had a really good year, but he was playing with David Pasternak. Yeah. So I don't know. I would. They don't scream one number one guys to me now. David no, Krejci they, and they Patrice do Bergeron. Scream, they do scream. I can play on a number one line. Yeah, I agree with, with that. With Connor or Ehlers. Yeah, like he's not a number. Like what I'm thinking of the Vegas model and and Ken Weeb threw this out too. Like we're all sold on what the top six is going to look like. And we were at Sportsnet had that article that sort of put it into the Vegas model where where maybe Nito Nita Riders on the third line, mm-hmm. and you know Cole Perfetti's on the first line. Maybe Cole Perfetti is centering Ehlers and Connor. And then that's how you get a young rookie guy playing center. Not rookie, but a younger player mm-hmm. moving to center. You give him every opportunity to be successful at the position because it's his natural position by playing him with two elite wingers. Yeah. Alan texts the show 204-780-6868. And Alan is making the exact point. We're saying, Cam and Jim, why would Chevy send Shifley to Boston for Swayman and leave themselves in the same position with no center depth? That's exactly what we're saying, Alan. Thanks for that text message, 204-780-6868. Uh, Bill in St. James says, can there be a creative three-way trade in this Boston mix? Ooh, three-way three-way trades are in vogue now after the uh, after the Eric Carlson one. Why not a three-way trade? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's possible. Um, I don't know. Would you say likely or unlikely to that, Jim? I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll get a couple more text messages, then we'll go on to move on to to, to net minding here and best net minders in the league. Um, uh, Kath, no, we'll, I'll, I'll leave Kathy's text message for a little bit later. But uh, uh, best te- best net minders in the National Hockey League. I mean, we're talking about Linus Allmark. We're talking about Swayman. Uh, we're talking about Connor Hellebuck here. Um, wh- how many elite? goaltenders Jim are in the National Hockey League right now like when I say elite I'm talking like the top the guys that are that are above everybody else how many of them are there well I think the list is like this is so this is where I think it gets a little ominous is Linus Allmark the current Vesna winning goalie an elite goalie it sounds ridiculous right <laughs> Well, you have to. He, I would say he is just based on the fact that he won the Vesna last year. But you understand what I'm saying? I know, no, I, I, no. It's a good point. It's a, it's, it's a point well taken. It really is. I mean, listen. Okay, here's my tier one list. Okay, okay. I have, I got one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, I got eight. Uh, UC Soros, and they, they're in no particular order. I, di- I didn't rank them. Uh, UC Soros, Linus Allmark. Ilya Sorokin, Connor Hellebuck, Igor Shosturkin, Andre Vasilevsky, Jake Ottinger, John Gibson. That's my. That's the. I think the eight best sort of a tier one list. You of, don't have uh, Connor Hellebuck in there. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, I got Connor Hellebuck. Sorry, you lost me at UC Soros. <laughs> UCK. I'll do it again. UC Soros, Linus yeah. Allmark, Ilya Sorokin, Connor Hellebuck, Igor Shosturkin, Andre Vasilevsky, Jake Ottinger, John Gibson. Yeah, see, so I think Vasilevsky, I think Sorokin, and I think Sersterkin are all better than Allmark. I agree with that. So I, those are my top. Three. I don't know. Would you would you take Jake Ottinger or Linus Allmark? I then have Allmark and Connor Hellebuck in the same. Like I, I have Hellebuck ahead of Allmark. I, I have him take, the fourth goalie in the league. Jim, I would take Soros. I would take Sorokin. I take Hellebuck. I take Shosturkin. I take Vasilevsky. I take Ottinger, and I would take Gibson before Linus Allmark. I would. Yes, I would take Saros too. I would take Ottinger before him. Um, 
So those are my, again, in no order, my top six are that. Like my top six is um, Sorokin, Shosturkin, Vasilevsky, in no order. Yeah. Um, Connor Hellebuck, UC Soros, and Jake Ottinger are my top six. Yeah. And then I have Allmark at seven. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel, you know, ridiculous, but on the team he was with and stuff, I mean, John Gibson's, I think he's one of the best goalies at. You know, going right now, but he's just on that team. So this texture says all mark top 12, but was in a top three system in Boston. Yeah. No, I think he's top 10. Like he played top 10, but, um, so that, that's my, those are my seven to eight. And I think those are your elite goalies in the NHL. I think there's eight of them. I think there's eight too. Uh, tier two, uh, and again, in no particular order, uh, and I also have, I didn't do a tier three. I did need more info on the third one about guys that I'm just not ready to to put into any of these lists yet because they're young and they've maybe been on some crummy teams or in, or in some tougher situations and stuff like that. So, but I need more information from them. There's one guy who really pops off the page there, or two guys, I think. Oh, three. Uh, no, I, I think it's a pretty good list, but I'll, I'll get to it in just a second. Tier two, Jacob Markstrom, again, in no particular order, Jeremy Swayman, uh, Alexander Yorgev, Sergey Bobrovsky, Jordan Binnington, uh, Carter Hart, Frederick Anderson, Darcy Kemper, Semyon Verlamov, Carter Hart, Jonas Carposalo, Ville Husso, uh, Vitek Vanacek, Thatcher Demko. That's why I have in it's sort of the tier two list. I have Thatcher Demko a little higher. Yeah, I uh, that's in no that's in no particular yeah. order. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I sort of see that. See, and what, what was great about this list that we've gone through the four the centers, the defensemen, and all that yeah. is this list of goalies used to be three to five. Yeah, and then there was a drop off, and not like a sharp drop off, but a distance between the next tier. Mm-hmm. Right now, the the elite have grown f- to me from three to five to eight. Yeah, and then the drop off is a lot less to the tier two, and there's more of them as well. Mm-hmm. I think the position is really improved. I think yeah. there's a lot of depth there, and I think that that you know this tier you're talking about, I think any one of those teams would like a Connor Hellebuck upgrade. Yeah. Now, do they need one? Probably not. No, I think those, those guys, goalies are good enough to be the number one starter. Those are all. Those are all number one goalies. So then, that's me. the problem for Connor Hellebuck right now. Is the market out there? Is what is the cost to get him? What is the cost to resign him? And is it that much of an? It's an improvement, but is mm-hmm. it that much of an improvement over the guy we got for the price we got? Mm-hmm. And I just don't see it right now. I don't see one of those teams in the second tier, even Thatcher Demko. Like say he goes, I want Hellebuck goes. I want to go to Vancouver, and if you give me nine million over the next seven years, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Do they go? We can pay Thatcher Demko this much on a bridge deal. Then we can pay him this much on a max. Yeah, are we that much better off for the cap space it's going to take? Are is it better goaltending right now? Yes, it is. It's yep. an improvement. Yep. But our guy is good enough and young enough that, and that's the Swayman thing, right? That's the New Jersey Devils thing too. Yeah, like, let's just go with 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 Schmid, and we're going to go with Vanacek again, and we'll see what happens. Well, they, I think they would love to get Hellebuck yeah. and ship out any one of those guys and keep the other one. Mm-hmm. I think that's a team that. But then the other thing comes into mind is we they from what we hear from the insiders they can't afford the six point two this year. Yeah, and so that's why if I'm Connor Hellebuck, and look, I'm not, and he just had his second child, and he's thinking about the future and the generational money. Mm-hmm. 
but I would sit there and go, I've made this much from the Jets. I'm 29 or 28. And for the next, if you give me seven, seven and a half, I'll be your goaltender for the next six years. Let me power through some more text messages here. This from Kyle. Kyle says, and then I'll get to my need more info. Uh, Kyle says Demko is a top goalie, 10 goaltender in the league. Um, uh, yeah, this text also says, couldn't the Jets in Boston bring in a third team to make a deal to move Hellebuck and Sheffield? I mean, it's possible. I mean, but I mean, those are really, really tough to do. I mean, I think the Eric Carlson one, I, I, I think that uh, Dubas was heavy into that, but they were, it took a long time for a third, a third team to sort of Here's the show problem up. with the three-team deal is Pittsburgh's still paying $10 million of that. Yeah. To me, the reason you involve a third team, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, like, it, was good, it was good I mean, the, the third team offloaded Petrie. That's what the third team did. The Habs did. got off really well. They did a really good job on that trade. Well, and, and the, the Sharks got the cap space and didn't have to take on Petrie's contract. Mm-hmm. So that's why the third team helped. But to me, if you're doing a three-team deal, it's to alleviate what you're going to pay. Yeah. Uh, here's another text message. It is in my opinion that Connor Hellebuck is not an elite goalie two seasons prior, uh, yet trade him, and Shifley will want to stay in Winnipeg. Okay. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. 204-780. I don't agree with it, but you're entitled to it. I don't it. know why Thatcher Demko is a top-10 goalie right now. He is not a top-10 goalie. A, I don't think he's a top-10 goaltender, but I, I, high- I think he's a tier two. He played 27 games four years ago, and I was a 9.05. He's then played 35 games, 9.15, 9.15, and then last year, 9.01. 9.01, I'll alleviate. He played 32 games on a terrible team. But Connor Hellebuck had phenomenal numbers on non-playoff teams. Yeah. Yeah, 204 780 He's a tier-two yeah. guy. He could be a top tier going forward, yeah. but right now he's... 204-780-6868. My little final little list, and then we'll go to break, and we'll come back and get some of your text messages on. Uh, as well. Um, more info needed. Not going to put him in a tier one or tier two. I think we just need some more space. Uh, Philip Gustafson with the Minnesota Wild did great numbers last year. Yeah. But it was only half a season. Um, Ilya Samsonov with the Leafs last year. I yeah. thought he was pretty dang good, but we need more. Aiden Hill with Vegas. Again, he won a Stanley Cup, but I'm, I think there are more information needed. Stuart Skinner, uh, Carol, Carol Vermelka, uh, and Sam Montembeau. See, all those goalies, including Stuart Skinner, I, I like. They're good, but they're not tier two right now. No. I, I know I, he I was up for the Calder and everything. Yeah, Philip Gustafson had fantastic numbers last year, but it was one season. Aiden Hill, again, he won a Stanley Cup, but I, I don't think I'd put him in a, t- in a tier two or tier tier two situation. I just wouldn't. Let's take a break. Let's come back. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Get some of your text messages from you guys on. Always look forward to that. And... uh the latest on Zach Caleros. We'll get to that when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Uh, we were going to get to some text messages here, but some breaking news uh, in regards to a very sad situation, Jim. Uh, the uh, former uh, Maple Leafs first round pick, uh, Rodion Amirov, uh, who was diagnosed with a brain tumor two years ago, uh, has has passed away. So that's that's terrible. Just uh just 20, 22, 22 years old. Awful like news, man, sorry, you just yeah. think about like uh lost potential there. It's, it's first round pick fifteenth overall in twenty twenty. In twenty twenty one, twenty two he just played ten games in the KHL, three points in ten games. And I think he was diagnosed, right? And, yeah. and so that cut his season short and um He didn't play at all last season because no. he was going through his treatment and uh yeah. yeah, and so this news is just coming out now from several people. Um, one of the insiders, 
and a pal, Chris Johnson, put this out um, about gone too soon. A Dan Milston hockey has confirmed it and just said it's great sadness to announce the passing of Rodion Amirov. Two years ago, Rodion was diagnosed with a brain tumor. From the moment he received the news, he refused to speak in the negative, determined to enjoy every day, facing it with the same positive attitude he showed during his hockey career. We will always remember his courage, his desire, his will, his smile, and all the great things about him. Man, this photo of him, he's got a great smile. We'd yeah. like to thank his doctors who took care of him. We'd like to thank the Toronto Maple Leafs and this KHL team. Uh, both did everything possible to help in any way, do whatever was necessary for Ronian and the Amirov family. And we'd like to thank hockey fans all over the world, sent notes of encouragement and best wishes over the past two years. They meant so much to the Amirov family, two-year battle with cancer, and he's gone at the age of 21. Yeah, Very sad news. Yeah, that's from uh, his, his agent, uh, Dan Milstein, there putting that out on uh, on Twitter. So, yeah, that's, that's terrible news. Indeed, yeah, 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 terrible news. And then um, maybe some positive news uh, from the Bombers today. Yeah, uh, so we're going to wait in here. I mean, of course, you're going to want to listen at 7 o'clock when uh, Mike O'Shea and and Derek Taylor are going to speak, uh, of course, for the uh, weekly Bomber show. And I, I, you can probably assume that uh, Michael Shea is probably going to be holding things a little closer to the vest. Um, but, uh, of course, Zach Kalaros left last Thursday in the game in Edmonton in the second quarter uh, with what is was described as an upper body injury. I mean, if you saw the play, which I'm sure most of you have, um, it seemed to be something to do with his neck and or head. Of course, uh, whenever you hear about um, Zach Kalaros' uh, injuries, especially in that area, you start getting worried because of the uh, his concussion, uh, his prior concussion history, which he's been able to shake over the last little bit. Uh, so he was not participating in practice. He was not wearing pads, but he was uh, dressed in um, in some in in some tights as well as a, as a t-shirt, and, and and he was out there, which uh, Derek Taylor has described as a good sign. So we're going to wait and see what uh, the latest is on Zach Claros. And DT will join me at two thirty to just talk about the game, of course, and then uh, the latest on that, and tee up the coaches' show as well. So we'll get more of that. Thank you very much to Kyle Milroy. Great job producing the show. Jim Toth is going to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.